Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I simply entitled this, Where Are the Just Men? Here is the first half of this two-part study. Uh, in this world, definitely we need them more today than ever. Um, and, and so we start off very simply in verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in, the, in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with Holy Spirit. Now, to be betrothed is actually a, 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 a different than what we think of. Uh, so a couple things that need to really be talked about. So um, to be betrothed is to be... Um, to know that that your parents pick your spouse uh, in, in the, during this time. And so I understand that. I know a lot of people would have issues with that right off the bat, um, you know, because they base everything on emotions and feelings. Uh, but they would have picked uh, Mary, uh, Mary's parents and Joseph's parents would have picked and set the engagement or the betrothal period to be. And it normally lasted about a year. And within that year, the addition would be added to the parents' home of Joseph. Uh, so Joseph would have been preparing a place for Mary and the baby, or for Mary at the time. Uh, he doesn't know about the baby yet, but so that's what it means. And, and so that tradition is different, but, you know, to be betrothed is actually would have been legally binding. And so one of the things that's very important that you do understand is like when we think about betrothal, um, it means to, uh, they had not known each other. So they hadn't, they hadn't had relations yet. Um, and so remember she it, it states there, you know, that, that Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together and she was found to be with the child from Holy Spirit. And we read last week how uh, it was the uh, conception of the Holy Spirit, uh, the seed that was to come, and back in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen, how that prophecy was fulfilled, and and so this is where we're at. So the the daughter was known to live with uh, um, with the wife and and the parents for about a year before the wedding night would happen, and then on the wedding night is when they would consummate the marriage. That's when they would consummate, meaning they would have relations. So there was no relations prior to that. And so when we think about that, we, we don't have a society that does that. We have a society, that, unfortunately, that wants to live together and really kind of have their cake and eat it too. And then they decide, well, I guess we might as well go ahead and get married. 
and they go go at it backwards. Now I'm all for you getting married because at the end of the day, God calls you to be husband and wife, to be male and female, calls you to be married, that anything outside the marriage bed um, is considered a sin. It is sin. So um, sexual morality, um, whether a husband looks at pornography or wife looks at something and, and lust after, and, and so the marriage bed is, is considered worship unto God. And so when we have relations outside of marriage, it's sexual morality. And, and so it's very important. Now, marriage is a very hot topic right now as well uh, because of uh, the, the Catholic Church. Um, but it says here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Marriage is an honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. Very important. And the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So, you know, God takes it very seriously. And, and so we should as well. And so when we see the Catholic Church saying, okay, well, it's okay to preach to uh, bless uh, same-sex marriage, it goes against God's word. You know, and that's what nobody wants to talk about because they're so afraid of the alphabet crew that comes after everybody and it's not to it's not to beat you up on that issue. It's just the thing is, is like even um, the Pope is is struggling with that issue right now. And we knew that he was having problems with it because he had there were things that you know really had been revealed prior to that. But when we think about the marriage bed, it's between husband and wife. It's between male and female, and that was defined by Jesus. So anybody who has any question about that, that's the reality of it. Um, but it says she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph returns and Mary's pregnant. Mary's pregnant. So you can imagine. Now, I don't know too many. I know men. And you can imagine like you show up and your, wife, your soon-to-be wife, who you're betrothed to, is pregnant. So, man, something's popping off down the street. Let me let this thing pass by. And all, yeah, there we go. If it's not a train, you'll probably hear a train at some point as we go through this. But we see that Joseph returns, and, and so Mary's pregnant, and, you know, it's, the response, it's got to be hard because, you know, she's found with child by who? The Holy Spirit. So he has to wrap his head around, wait, wait a minute, man, who is the, like, who? The Holy Spirit got me pregnant, and that, that's a lot right there not to to make you lose your your mind on but but that's what joseph is dealing with we know that for because we read this last week in luke chapter 1 verse 35 and the angel said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that the that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god and we know that that is a fulfillment of prophecy in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, a virgin, and that's something we talked about last week. Luke covered that twice in his scripture. Dr. Luke, a doctor, is like, hey, she was a virgin. She had not known a man. She had no um, relations with a man. She was a virgin. And, and so born of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and so, again, it's, it's that perfect Lamb of God, the uh, born of the Holy Spirit. And then we found out that John the Baptist in the womb was born of the Holy Spirit as well. And, and so that, those were two unique things. And so Jesus is absolutely perfect, sinless um, and, and uh, human, uh, fully God, fully man who comes into this world, truly God and truly man. In John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, Next, the day that John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Now you can imagine Joseph at this moment is probably highly stressed and, and very tempted to uh, respond uh, in, in, in a way that's not good. Um, but that's, that's what we deal with. And, and, and so... You know, when we read this story, we need to remember the humanity side of this and how hard this would have been for Joseph. Um, and Mary, too. I mean, Mary's happened to explain. You can imagine Mary had to explain this. And this is something that we don't take. I don't think we take this into the Christmas story at all. Uh, when we think about the birth of Jesus, what both Mary and Joseph dealt with for the rest of their life, the gossip and all the things that were done and talked about how this child, born of the Holy Spirit, the, you, people are going to say, well, Mary had an affair or she was an adulteress or, you know, it's, it's, but that's the reality of it. And they dealt with that until they went home to be with the Lord. And it gets brought up even in Jesus's, you know, by the Pharisees and Sadducees, they bring it up too. But one of the things we get in verse 19 that's very important, it says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now we need to spend some time just on that word just. That word just is simply meaning a righteous man. And, and so he was a compassionate man. Uh, and, and we need men like this in America. Uh, I was reading something today and, and just made me, reminded me how uh, wicked our, our, our politics and, and what's going on in D.C. are and how wicked uh, the evil is. And it, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, just to think, you know, how many, where are the godly men at? Where are the godly men in, in the leadership of, of Congress and the Senate and in D.C. And, and where are they at even in our local and state uh, government? Where are they at in our, in our homes? You know, when we think um, about the biggest crisis that we have, I think a lot of things, there's two things that are really destroying this nation. One is fentanyl uh, addictions, and the other is father, fathers that are not uh, being fathers in the home. There are too many kids that are growing up in single-parent homes. And it doesn't matter. I think this is one of the things I, I've shared this a number of times. It doesn't matter uh, what your ethnic background is. It's affecting every ethnic background. Men are, are not being just men and, and being righteous men and staying and leading the homes the way they should. A couple things cause that problem. One, men are just men. 
if they don't have to take the responsibility on, they won't do it, unfortunately. And the other thing is, is the government pays for uh, the 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 woman actually is her husband is the government, and so she doesn't need a man. And and so and then the other part of it is too is you have this masculinity thing that you know um, men are not supposed to be masculine and all this other stuff, which is a horse. It's just horse mess. You know, men need to be masculine. Men need to lead. Men need to be men. And and so I love it because where we're at right now, men are spending all their time getting. You see them getting all the gear and getting ready to go hunting, and they're and I mean they're being men. That's what men do. And and so I love that. But I I pray that we would see more children um, have fathers. They need that. They need those father figures. And then and what is the role of a church? A church is to to participate and to um, to be that father figure for these young kids that are growing up that don't have their fathers around. I mean, we even see that in the schools. I mean, it's like you have the opportunity to do that, but are you going to do it? I think when you look at it, when you look at a single-parent household, this is actually from the American First Policy Institute. They did a study on this, and it says that the United States has the highest rate of children living in a single-parent household. And we have it over three times the world average. We, 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 this is one of the things that we lead in the world. And, and so when we have this type of statistics, when we have these children that are growing up in, in uh, fatherless homes, they, the statistics is, is that 90% of all homelessness and runaway are from single-parent home children that had no fathers in their life. 63% of the teens that commit suicide are from fatherless homes with no dad in the home. Um, and then the, the 85% of teens that struggle with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. It's a major problem. And, and one of the things we see is Joseph is like, I'm going to be a just man and I'm going to I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put her away because think about it now. If he if he doesn't do this quietly, Mary can be stoned to death as well as he could as well. But Mary would definitely be stoned to death. Um, and, and and the way the religious leaders were at that time, she definitely would have been. Uh, but he was doing it quietly. He had compassion, um, and that's what a just man has. He is. You know, we think about those qualities we spoke about this weekend, that you would be humble, that you would be a servant, that you would be obedient to the Father. And he was all of those things, and he was considered righteous and just in the eyes of the Lord. But he was compassionate. He was compassionate. And that is a godly behavior that I pray that if you're a man, that you would, you know, I'm not sure if you have that quality or not. I'm not sure if you're... You, you think to yourself, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not humble. Um, I, I'm very prideful or I'm, I'm disobedient to what God's word says um, or I'm, I'm not a just man. I'm, I'm, there are times I'm unholy. If that's you, you need to repent. You need to ask God for forgiveness and you need to ask God to help you turn to him and do the things that would make you a just man. We need more righteous just men who will live for God and speak up for their families and their children. 
and be the man of God in your marriage that God has called you to be. And he says he's unwilling to put her to shame and resolved, uh, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now remember, it's because of the betrothal period, he would have had to divorce her. It's a legal uh, binding thing that would happen between the parents. There would have been uh, exchange of, of, of money and things for the betrothal period. Uh, that would have happened, so they would have had to do it uh, based on the Jewish law. And, and so uh, the Pharisees would have definitely, you know, come after him. I mean, it's, if you think about it, they came after Jesus in Matthew 19, verses 3 through 10. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just, uh, just any reason? And so they start going through this with Jesus, and he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And it's very important that you catch this, because this is Jesus speaking, right? He, he's saying the two shall become one flesh. They'll leave their father and mother, and it will be what? Male and female, okay? Not female identifying as male or male identifying as female. Male and female, the way that you were born and brought into this world by God. That's how he's looking at this. And he says, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And they said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? And, he put her, and, and to put her away. And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted uh, you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. It was never intended to have divorce. That was something that man did. Because we had hard hearts. And, and let me tell you something. I, I will be very honest with you. It, whether it's a man or a female, you can have a hard heart and not want to reconcile and do the thing that God has called you to do, right? To live for God, turn from your sin, live for God, and say, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can that God's called me to do to be, this, be the, the husband that God has called me to be because I want to save the marriage. And if you're going to do that, you do that. But we went over the biblical reasons for divorce, and that's adultery, or abandonment. Those are the only two reasons that biblically we have that we can divorce. And, and But any other reasons because of hard hearts. It can be because of abuse and, and we would never want anyone to stay in an abusive relationship. You know, we went over that and I talked about that. That wasn't a teaching. When we went over Ephesians chapter 5, you can go listen to that teaching, but I'm very adamant. Like, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to leave and call the police. And then we deal with that. And then you need help. You need biblical counseling. Now, whatever the Lord wants to do with the other partner, because sometimes, like I said, it can be a woman that does it too. A woman can beat a man just as well as a man can beat a woman, unfortunately. But it's all because of hard hearts. And nobody wants to live for God. And, but at the end of the day, that person who's doing the abuse needs counseling. And whatever consequence that they're going to face because of man, they can ask for forgiveness from God and God will forgive them. 
but they still are going to face consequences from man's law because you reap what you sow. Now, if the other spouse decides, I want to try to reconcile, and the person refuses to get biblical counseling or they decide they just don't, you know, it doesn't work out in biblical counseling together as a couple, then unfortunately the hardness of heart has prevailed and, and divorce happens. But it, this is Jesus speaking on that, and people forget this, you know. People forget this. And, and what's crazy now is Joseph's going to fall asleep. You know, sometimes when we're stressed out and we, we're just, we're at a point of exhaustion. Have you ever been there? Um, I know I have. And, and I think I, and I'll be very honest with you, before Christ, I probably slept way too much because I kept thinking if I go, if I go to sleep and I wake up, the problem's going to solve itself. And it doesn't. It doesn't. And now I have Christ, and so I need to go to His Word. I need to seek His presence. I need to be, like, if I'm struggling with something, I need to put some Christian music on, some worship. I need to, I need to call somebody, ask somebody to pray for me. I did that for somebody today. They called me and said, hey, Mike, can you pray for this? And I was like, we, in the middle of Charlie's daughters eating breakfast, I was like, I'll pray right now. Let's pray. On the phone, I know I look like a fool in Charlie's daughter, but I don't care. Because I was like, let's pray, man. Because, uh, you know, I, I would rather you be able to lay that down at God's feet and not carry that burden anymore. God never asked you to pick those backpacks up. But sometimes when you're so stressed out, you get to the point of exhaustion and you just crash. And that's what happens to Joseph. It says, but he considered these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived is her, is from the Holy Spirit. And I love this. Like he, an angel appears to him and is like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Joseph. It's, it's, and, he, and he emphasizes son of David, right? Son of David. I love that. Like, hey, son of David. David's a big deal. He's like, do not fear. Right? Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And he gets confirmation of what Mary said, that, that which is conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And that's why we get that verse in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And this is a supernatural birth. This was written some 700 years before the prophecy. And now this prophecy has been fulfilled. And this was written by Isaiah 700 years before this prophecy ever took place. And, and so that's the beauty of God's word. It's, it's, it is truth. And why is it truth? Because Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, the truth. There's only one. He's the truth. And don't let nobody else tell you. Because look, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of non-truth that's being put out there. Because just, I'm going to be very straight up with you. If you think about it, when you think of the truth, and you think, okay, he, he this is confirmation of what Isaiah 7.14 says. Like this, just go back to the Word of God. It's been confirmed. That's what we should do whenever we're going through something, whenever we get to that point of exhaustion and stress. Go to God's Word and find comfort in God's Word. Go to Him in prayer. 
and say, I can believe this because I know it's true. I know God's word is true. And a lot of people believe, even non-believers believe in the, the, the birth of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It's like 60 something percent, I think over 30 something percent believe, non-believers believe in that, that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. But they struggle with the truth part of it because if they, if they, if they know that, he says that he came what to save us from what our sins, and they don't accept that part of it. It says she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He's like here, here's the name you're gonna give him, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the number one verse if you need to share the gospel with somebody this this Christmas. Whether you do it at Christmas, Easter, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever, you just say, hey, Jesus came because he came to save his people from their sins. Who is their people? The gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. That's why we have Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 